grab your Bible, turn to Psalm 17, and talk about the Psalms with me right here on the Press On Podcast. Hey, welcome to the Press On Podcast. My name is Justin. I'm so glad you are here. This is episode 112. We have been journeying through just uh, different psalms. We're not going all the way through the book, but we're picking a few psalms out to to study a little bit deeper than you would normally just by reading through it. And and last week we talked about Psalm 16, and and my intention was to to skip over and do a psalm from the 20s, um, and then just go by tens every time. But but then I run into Psalm 17. And, and there's just this part in there that I don't want us to miss. Uh, and, and so I, I hope you will uh, join me. I'm going to read Psalm 17. Uh, this is another psalm by David. It seems like um, a psalm that was written in time of stress and trouble and anxiety. And it seemed like David's enemies were were crushing in around him. We don't know exactly what was happening, but we do see that he's praying for protection Whereas in Psalm uh, 16, it seemed that, that David was aware of the danger in the background, but it was his faith that encouraged him not to fear. But in this psalm, uh, it seems like the danger is pressing in on him so much that that, that help from God was so urgently needed. And you're going to see that as we read Psalm 17. David writes this, Hear a just cause, O Lord, attend to my cry. Give ear to my prayer from lips free of deceit. From your presence, let my vindication come. Let your eyes behold the right. You have tried my heart. You have visited me by night. You have tested me, and you will find nothing. I have purposed that my mouth will not transgress. With regard to the works of man by the words of your lips, I have avoided the ways of the violent. My steps have held fast to your path. My feet have not slipped. I call upon you. For you will answer me, O God. Incline your ear to me. Hear my words wondrously. Show your steadfast love, O Savior, of those who seek refuge from their adversaries at your right hand. Keep me as the apple of your eye. Hide me in the shadow of your wings from the wicked who do violence, my deadly enemies who surround me. They close their hearts to pity. With their mouths they speak arrogantly. They have surrounded our steps. They have set their eyes to cast us to the ground. He is like a lion eager to tear as a young lion lurking in ambush. Arise, O Lord, confront him, subdue him. Deliver my soul from the wicked by your sword, from men by your hand, O Lord, from men of the world whose portion is in this life. You fill their womb with treasure. They are satisfied with children. They leave their abundance to their infants. As for me... I shall behold your face in righteousness, and when I wake, I shall be satisfied with your likeness. David is crying out for God for this protection, and this is yet another psalm of lament, Uh, and and there's a few things that just really stick out to me in this. Uh, We see that in verses 3 and 4, he says, you've tried my heart, you've visited me by night, you have tested me, you will find nothing. David's like, hey, I've done everything right. I have made it my life's goal. I have uh, uh, done my job to keep my ways separate from the ways of the people that are crushing in on me. Like, I'm living the way that God wants me to live. Now, I don't know if this was written before or after the sin with Bathsheba, um, 
Scholars debate this uh, because of what David says here. Uh, but whatever it was, David had uh, not slipped from the path. He he held to God's path. He had uh, he had just followed the, the the life that God wished for him to follow in this moment. And David's like, God, if this means anything to you, protect me from these people. And then the part that really just sticks out to me, the reason that I wanted to talk about this psalm is verse 8. Keep me as the apple of your eye. Now, now we know that phrase. It's an English phrase, apple of your eye, which means like you're proud of somebody. Like, oh, he's the apple of his dad's eyes. Like his dad is really proud of him. But but what's really beautiful about this is that the Hebrew translation, because the Hebrews didn't have this phrase, apple of your eye, it actually translates to the little man of the eye. And I love that translation, the little man of the eye. Keep me as the little man of your eye. And to, at first hearing that, it might sound a little weird, but but think about it. When you look into somebody's eyes, you see the reflection in their pupil, on, on their eyeball, of, and you're just a little person. And, and it's almost like he's asking God to make sure that, that, that David is that little man in his eye, that, that, that God is have his focus, his gaze upon David. David wants God's attention. And also, the eye is one of the most vulnerable parts of your body, Right? And you have you got to protect it by blinking or or turning your face for some from something that might harm the eye, um, like if a ball is coming towards you, right? You got to protect your eye. And, and and when David's saying, "God, keep me as a little man of your eye. Don't 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 turn away from me. Don't give me your protection." And we see this idea of presence and protection because we know uh, that 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 God loves us. And in our phrase, that, that we are the apple of his eye, that, that he is so proud of us. We, we also know that, that, that God has this type of pride in his children, right? I mean, when Jesus is baptized, God says, This is my beloved Son with whom I'm well pleased. At, at Jesus' transfiguration, the voice of God, he says, This is my beloved Son with whom I'm well pleased. Listen to him. So we know that Jesus is the very apple of God's eyes. And David prays, deliver me from my enemies who oppress me, from my deadly enemies who surround me. We also see that, that Jesus prays something very similar in Hebrews. Uh, deliver me over to my enemies. Fulfill your covenant-keeping love. And it's this idea that, 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 that through David we, we see Jesus, but more importantly, we see the pride of a father, of God. And David knows that, that 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 God loves his children and he would do anything for him. And so David says, keep me, keep me in your gaze, keep me in your focus, keep me in your sights. Don't turn away from me now. Keep me as that little man in your eye. Hide me in the shadow of your wings. Protect me. It's that idea of protection again. And then lastly, I, I just love how this ends. Because through this lament, through this fear and worry and anxiety, David ends all of this by saying, As for me, I shall behold your face in righteousness. And when I wake, I shall be satisfied with your likeness. 
See, see, David wasn't worried that he wasn't going to make it to morning because he says, when I awake. And, and he knows that when he awakes, he's going to be satisfied. Not because he has all these riches, not because he has everything going the way he wants it to go, but he's he's going to be satisfied with God, with his presence, because he has seen God's face. He He's seen God provide. He's seen God work and move in his life. And it's this beautiful image that even when everything isn't going okay, when everything feels like it's crashing down around you, God is right there. And he's going to keep his focus on you. He's never going to turn away. You, you know, I... Uh, I have a little bit of an issue with people who say when Jesus was on the cross that they, that God turned away from him. Uh, because nowhere in Scripture do we see that. It, it says that the sky grew dark. We know that. And it says as if God had turned away. But Scripture, time and time again, says that, that, that God doesn't leave us. He, he never walks away. Jesus cries, God, my God, my God, why hast thou forsaken me? Uh, but there's moments in our lives where it feels like God has forsaken us, where it feels like God has walked away. But but that's because of everything else that that is crowding our our minds and our thoughts. And it, sometimes it feels like God has turned away. But Scripture tells us that 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 God doesn't do that. That He is always by our sides. Now we can choose to walk away from Him, but He remains. He is steadfast. He He is the one that never changes. And he keeps us as the little men, as the little women, as as the little children in his eyes. And he 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 watches us, he protects us, he guides us. And that is great news. That's the best news. So no matter what we face in this life, we uh, can rest assured, we can rest easy tonight. That that when we wake up in the morning, we're going to be satisfied, not because everything's okay but because we do have a Father who loves us, who's mad about us. And because of that very fact, we can do one thing, and that is to press on no matter what life throws our way. Hey, I can't wait to see you next week. Until then, adios.